Hey, listeners, the Columbus Cocktail Classic is back. You don't want to miss it. It's on September 5th at the AC Hotel in Dublin. It's a one-day spirited event highlighting the talented bartenders of Columbus, Ohio. You'll have the opportunity to sample craft cocktails from local vendors and attend educational seminars led by local experts. The grand finale, you don't want to miss it. It's the Cocktail Culinary Throwdown. It's a team competition that pairs up a bartender and a chef. So get your tickets at www.thecolumbuscocktailclassic.com. Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. Welcome to the takeover. <laughs> this is PJ Ford. I'm switching things up here at If This Bar Could Talk. I have a gun in my hand that looks like my thumb and forefinger. My pointer finger. That's a forefinger. All right. Index finger. Index finger. <laughs> <laughs> and I have uh, Blair Beavers and Leanne Sims here, and I'm interviewing them. <laughs> and they're very nervous. <laughs> I'm not nervous. I have a big manila folder of a lot of photos. So welcome, guys. Thanks for coming to my podcast. It's Absolutely. great to have you here. Thanks for having Thanks us, for having us. We've been trying this to get is... you here for a long time. Um, Greg and I have been beating down your door. You just are highly sought after people. Um, I wish. And we all know these are uh, two fantastic people who do a lot for the city. Um, cocktail tours, conventions, contests, this podcast, and several other podcasts. Um, so it's great that we're going to be able to get some insight into you guys and see the people behind all this stuff. We're pretty guys... boring, actually. Oh, no, 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 Because no. <laughs> you're so <laughs> modest, obviously. <laughs> and so we're going to try to crack that shell and get to see who are Blair and Leanne. Let's do it. Yeah. Are you going to make us cry? Is this like going to be Oprah? Or? Yeah. We're getting oh. deep. We're getting real <laughs> deep. Jeez. Well, I'm you. glad it's a podcast because I'm a really ugly crier. So. Okay. <laughs> well, let's bring in both of your parents right now. <laughs> uh, they're behind the door number one. Um, yeah. So it's like crazy because you guys do all of this on top of your jobs that aren't service mm -hmm. related, right? Correct. Right. Yeah. So what, what do you do? So I'm a healthcare consultant. So I work with doctors to help them run their practices. So I do that. I, um, for many years, I owned a company, a consultancy uh, with lots of employees. Uh, but things changed in healthcare a few years back and kind of the bottom kind of fell out. So now I just have a handful of clients um, that are pretty low maintenance. Um, so I'm very fortunate to be able to be flexible in my day job schedule so I can pretty much do all these side hustles. So. Okay. You are truly Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, Mrs. Hyde. Helping <laughs> yeah, people in the day and then you're just getting them wasted at night. Well, no, no. I don't do any <laughs> clinical stuff. It's all on the business side. Okay. You okay. Know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Over to you, Blair. I am a graphic designer. Uh, I worked on my own for many, many years. And for the last seven or eight, I have been full-time at Nationwide. And I do all of our visual, social media, and whatnot for all of our various things. So you can either thank me or blame me. <laughs> um, and but, you design the Pelotonia kits every year for Nationwide. I do that oh. also, among other things, yeah. Okay. And you participate, right? And I participate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you both? Oh, no, I can't. She cheers. I mean, I can, but I'm terrible. Yeah, yeah, I stand on the road with the cowbell and cheer him on. But yeah, he's one right. of a uh, few people who have done every mile every year since the, the right. beginning. So nice. 200 miles. 
for 13 year. years. And like the water line where people are handing out water cups, you have this bottle of Bassam Rignac and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> now I can keep riding. <laughs> um, well, so this is like a two parter, I guess, but like, like these are all so far from like the service industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, not technically you are helping people. You are providing like services to people, but like, have you, um, ever held service jobs in your past? And, um, what were they? First of all, um, so my very first job when I was 15, I was a waitress at the Hungry Pelican in my hometown. Uh, awesome. And then I where, worked. Where is your hometown? It's New Albany, Indiana, just mm. outside of Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. And um, I worked at the golf club where my dad was a member for a long time. Um, I worked in the snack bar, but that's that's it. Okay. Oh, wait, I worked for a catering company, too, for a while okay. when I was a kid. All right, well, that's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and my first job <clears throat> technically uh, wasn't legal. But <laughs> I flipped burgers. Yeah, burgers at Burger King for a few months till they realized that I wasn't 16 yet. <laughs> and then when I did turn 16, I started working at a five-star restaurant in upstate New York, the only one in the region at Richardson's Canal House Inn, right on the old. Erie Canal. Okay. Um, started with dishwashing and did prep cook and salads and did that for a couple of years. All right. So that's like pretty deep, getting yeah. into like some really fine dining stuff. Yeah. All right. Snack bar and fine dining. That's like the combo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that leads to the cocktail bars that are both classy and trashy. But I think it's important that everyone have some sort of uh, job at some point in their life in the industry because it really makes you appreciate what people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, I can remember just as a kid, this guy screaming at me because I didn't know what clams were. This was a seafood restaurant, but I was just a kid. I never ate clams before. It's Podunk, Indiana. Like, I don't know <laughs> what the fuck a clam is. And he, like, yelled at me. And, like, I was just, like, ready to cry. And thankfully his wife made him apologize to me. But, you yeah. know, I was just uh, – when, yeah. <laughs> when you, you know, you have those experiences, you know, then you appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, you – come to appreciate the the good ones you're yes. like mm-hmm. and understand that everyone's going like that guy was having an off day you know maybe he sells seafood and like it's hard in indiana he's just like <laughs> why does no one know this <laughs> i'm trying <laughs> there's no excuse for being me never yeah no definitely not yeah um so how did you guys come to meet then like where do you two enter the picture for each other we met at a bar Oh, <laughs> Kinsmith. Yeah, this is amazing. All right, which yeah. bar? Where? The Rossi. The Rossi. Short North. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was a regular there. Well, we were both regulars. We there. were both regulars there. I was a first shift regular. That was what I called it because I went um, after work. So I okay. had dinner there almost every night. So I would either go to the Rossi or Hyde Park. Um, and so I was coming off of a really bad date one Friday night. And it was after my bedtime, which was like 10.05. And I was going to go home. And then I thought, no, I'm going to go into the Rossi. And that's where we met. Yeah. I was sitting in her seat. I didn't know it. Because oh. I usually would go in around 7 or 8 and stay until 10 or 2, depending on the night. <laughs> and uh, I was it's there a with... a wide range, <clears throat> by the way. <laughs> well, you know. Four-hour range. It just, it it's just, the Rossi. People it depended on the night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was there with friends, and 
uh, my one friend that I was sitting next to said, oh, I know her. I'll get up so she can sit down. And I saw that she came in and hugged the head chef. So I knew she had to be family. Mm. And so. Chef Andrew Smith. Love him. Yeah. So I invited her to sit down and we uh, drank bourbon and started getting to know each other. Yeah, and the first Beautiful. thing that we figured out was I always ask everybody what their sign is, and his uh, his is Scorpio. And I said, oh, really? Because I'm Scorpio, too. What's uh, What month were you born? He was like, October. I was like, really? Me, too. What day? <laughs> and he was like, the 26th. I'm like, no way. And so we have the same birthday. Oh she God. made me show her my ID. Yeah, to prove I, would, it. I would ask that, too. Yeah. Like I would prank her for the date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might lie about the year. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Especially nowadays. Well, yeah. I mean, so I then, you know, we started those. talking about whiskey, and um, so I was like, "Well, you know, I have I have a pretty nice collection myself." Um, and so he said, "Well, you know, who's how should we drink at first? So I was like, "Well, let's do yours first. And so he invited me over, and we had a. Uh, now, to be fair, back in 2014, I had two really nice bottles that were not available in Ohio yet. It was before 2014. Or 2012. You're right. Yeah. It was 2012. Um, I had a bottle of Angel's Envy and a bottle of Noah's Mill. And I was yeah. pretty happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was okay. And that was not what she was used to. Oh, yeah? Because her, she always had bottles of Blanton's, Pappy Van Winkle, mm -hmm. and... Go, goes up from there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Back then, I could email Julian Van Winkle and say, hey, can I get some bottles? And I used to give them away as Christmas gifts to my bartender friends, like Pappy 15 all day long. Yeah. Um, those days are long gone, but but yeah. So that's, oh, and we've been together ever since. Mm -hmm. So you weren't like laughing at his collection, were you? She kind of. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh. I was like, I got to teach this man how oh, to drink. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know who I was with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, man. That's yeah. great. So you met in a bar. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just so beautiful. Yeah. Is that what, like, so you guys already had previous interests in, like, whiskey and kind of, like, mm -hmm. the distillery culture beforehand? Were you, like, well, 2014. 2012. 2012. Like craft cocktails in Columbus were probably kind of just starting the boom. Just, yeah. 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 Were you kind of on that trend yet or were you kind of just? No. So both of us were young parents. And so we started drinking late. Hmm. Um, so I think my love of people in the, in the industry, well, I know where it came from. So I, um, I moved downtown because I ran a company and I worked all the time and I was single and I thought, you know, the the only way I'm going to have a life is if I live in the middle of everything. So I moved to Italian Village and I was really scared because I'd never been um, one to hang out in bars. So I started with the Rossi and they took amazing care of me there. Like they were just so wonderful. And many of them are still my friends today. Same in Hyde Park. They would take care of me. So um I got to know them and understand how freaking smart and educated and wonderful they are. And so, like, uh, that's kind of what spurred our love of, of bartenders. Yeah, and I always loved good cocktails. Um, spending time in Italy, uh, it had some, of uh, you know, classic martinis and whatnot that 
I don't know that the craft trend was starting there or any, any earlier, but uh, at very least, the good cocktail hour was a thing. Right. Um, hour. Yeah, yeah, and they would, you know, you buy one drink and you get all sorts of food to go with it for free. Yeah. Like, just free tapas to go with your cocktail. And that was kind of um, like the start of my love for cocktails in addition to whiskey mm. okay. and gin. But being and from Louisville, um, the Louisville area, whiskey was always in, on my radar. So yeah, it's just yeah, kind yeah. of a natural thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then when did, uh, that was 2012. So when did the craft cocktail tour start? So that started around 2014 is when you had the idea for Behind the TV Stick. TV show, yeah. So she TV had, show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, so I wrote show. a pilot for a TV show called Behind the Stick. And we did rehearsals and everything. We had mm-hmm. a cast. We had... We had sponsors. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah. But it costs a lot of money to make even a pilot. Like, we're talking $60,000. Mm-hmm. And we just weren't going to put that kind of money into something like that. Um, so a lot of harebrained schemes came out of writing that pilot. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, how about if we start a cocktail tour and maybe we can make a lot of money doing that and it would be enough to fund this pilot? We've never made any money on the cocktail tour. So, <laughs> no. so no. I still want to do the show. I think it's awesome. It's sort of like like chopped only for cocktails, but it has a history element to it. Mm-hmm. So like the first episode was the Hemingway. So like um, – Everyone had to know what Hemingway drank, the type of, like, he was diabetic, so he couldn't have anything too sweet. And um, so we talked about him and the, his history and how uh, cocktails were made for him, created for him, and stuff like that. So it's our, chopped with a history. Yeah, in our amateur cocktail competition, I'm not really a bartender. Yeah. Uh, that spun from that as well because mm-hmm. that had to have a component of history in it as well. Okay. So a lot of these things kind of came from that. And a lot of the judges and contestants became craft cocktail tour participants. Oh, cool. So Gary from Denmark was one of our judges. Oh, wow. And uh, Todd Adam from Hyde Park was one of our contestants. Um, and it just all kind of... Alex Chen was one of Alex our contestants. Alex Chen was one of our contestants, mm. yeah. Sammy Baker. Yeah, so... We had fun. Yeah. So the tour came out of trying to fund the TV show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was, you said 2014 Mm -hmm. when that came about? Yeah. Ish, yeah. Ish. And then the the tour has actually started, I want to say the first tour was late 2016. First tour late 2016. Blind Lady Tavern was our very first stop. Yeah. So when you look at like the bar industry today versus what it was then, because I sometimes like have like, you know, being in it then and I was like working under especially back like before I started at Home Fair I was working at Mouton and I worked at Giuseppe's so I was working under people like Logan Demi and Sean Ward and like they were just like brilliant minds and you mm-hmm. had Curie Open like it just seemed like there was like this crazy golden boom and I'm like they're not here anymore which doesn't mean anything because mm-hmm. there's still beautiful talent here mm-hmm. but like um, so like I feel like the boom's still happening if not but like so how do you you guys see it, especially being of like an outside eye, 
Like, how do you see, like, what did the cocktail industry look like coming into it then? And like, what does it look like to you now? In my opinion, it just keeps, keeps getting more and more exciting. Um, while we miss all those people that you mentioned, um, we hate to see people leave the industry, but on their heels are these really talented, enthusiastic new people coming along who are bringing new ideas and new, you know, bringing old techniques back to, um, to current. And um, so I think it's, it's still really exciting. Um, the difference between when we started and now, I think, are the old techniques being new again. Like, I didn't know that fat washing was an old thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that egg white cocktails were an old thing. You know, yeah, yeah. making the old new again is. Yeah. I would also say that um, when we started, there was still a learning curve in the community. Yeah. We had to also instruct and and through with the bartenders kind of teach people what the difference was, why craft cocktailing was different from just going and getting a cocktail somewhere. Right, right. Um, that seems to be changing. Like people are more aware now of that whole trend. Being the general being, population yeah. understands craft cocktailing as opposed to just getting a more than margarita more than yeah. five years ago for sure yeah when i was at mouton it was very much like hand holding through the entire menu like this is what this is you know this mm-hmm. is what this is and now it's like matchsticks it seems like people are coming in telling me what my menu's like you know because <laughs> like, yeah. they like they like read all the books and they like mm-hmm. experimented so much at home and like yeah it's like definitely in the forefront of like a lot of people's minds where i'm like all right Let's switch places. You make me a drink. I'll sit down. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be here the rest of the night. Yeah. People are far more savvy than they used to. Exactly. Be, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, like, where do you, do you see any, like, what, do you see trends? Do you see like a future that Columbus has? Do you see like, what, what do you see for it? Like, what do you see? Like, or, hmm. what, or maybe even like we can scratch, like, what do you think it might be? But what would you want it to be? Well, I guess, first and foremost, we hope that all of the bars are able to stay open. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope that they all survive and do well and thrive. Um, and I think it's going to grow. Um, what do you think? I, I see it growing as well. I, I think that it's been on a good trajectory. It kind of got paused there for a little while. But it it just feels as though... Columbus is becoming more and more recognized as, yes, it's a smaller market than, say, New Orleans or L.A. or New York, but it has all of the ingredients, so to speak, of providing that same kind of craft experience that those big markets Mm -hmm. do. I I think also, too, the movement is spreading out. It's not just in downtown anymore. It's, you know, you're in Worthington and, Mm -hmm. you know. Riley Robson was in Bell Fountain yeah. teaching them about yeah. craft cocktails. Yeah, yeah. So there that's really fun too. Multiple places in Powell and there are yeah. several places in Dublin now. Yeah. And Even so. in like Easton seems to be popping yeah. up. Like yeah. um at the uh Beeline. Uh, yeah, Beeline, like mm-hmm. at the Huli Huli competition, she um I'm blanking on her name. I'm sorry. She deserves the recognition. Um but she um she ended up winning like uh People's Choice, mm-hmm. which is great. That's great, no. yeah. No, Genevieve won People's Choice. She won. 
she had a knife fight against the the guy who works at Seven Sun, and then they like she won that round. So okay. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like even people are like Easton are like starting to like step up their game and realize like if you need if like cocktail menus are like a standard now in, in mm-hmm. restaurants and bars, you know, like if you're gonna open up a place, you better have a good cocktail menu, you know. But here's what we would like to see, PJ. We would like to see, you know how um, there are five diamond war- awards or um, uh, the Michelin or what's the other one that isn't as fancy? The restaurants. Zagat. Zagat, yeah. There needs to be some sort of designation so that people know that this place makes good cocktails because mm. nothing sucks more than going into a place and getting a shitty-ass aviation like – and if you know that, you're just going to order some wine or a shot or something simple. Yeah, so I wish yeah. there was. And maybe it's a stamp from the um, Columbus Craft Cocktail Tour on their yeah. wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That could be the future. <laughs> Which I think, like, that wouldn't be necessarily a bad thing because some places who aren't trying to be known for their cocktails, I think sometimes people go in looking for cocktails mm-hmm. and then they mm-hmm. drink the cocktails and maybe they're more focused on beer, wine, what kind of collection they have or mm-hmm. or the food. And then the cocktails, unfortunately, don't follow. But mm-hmm. then, like, they base it off of that, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And, the and, place get the and think they hate it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so, like, might not be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And then it might, yeah, like you said, try people to force the or force them to try the, the wine or, I don't know, yeah. look, at, look at it from a different perspective right. than just, right. like, a cocktail bar. Yeah. People being cocktail savvy... Um, brings me to think about the people you bring onto the tour, actually, because a lot of them don't seem too like wide-eyed or like glossy-eyed when I start describing something to them. Mm-hmm. They all seem like they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm right yeah. there with you, you know? So like, do you guys do any kind of like, what's like the routine? Because I've only seen it being on the bar side, but like, do you guys do any kind of prepping to uh, tell them like, hey, like, keep an open mind or something or like do you like do any kind of like no no nope. intro no. speech or anything no we just no. asked if they're allergic to anything oh okay <laughs> no and then and then when we're walking between venues we might fill in some gaps if they have more questions mm-hmm. then we try to answer them right. about the spirits or the you know the techniques or whatever that we happen to see at the last spot but, but no most of our most of our guests are cocktail people you know um there are some that get drug along like some husbands might get drug along because they don't really like cocktails they're more of beer or whatever mm-hmm. um but most of our guests are at least a little bit cocktail savvy okay yeah just looking to learn more yeah cocktail curious cocktail as curious as yeah. stay cocktail curious <laughs> how do you guys stay cocktail curious when you're at all the cocktail bars Oh, it's easy. Yeah. There's so many wonderful menus out there. It's like, and, you know, I have my go-tos at certain places, but uh, I love trying different stuff everywhere I go. So, right. And I, like, I overheard a woman ordering a cocktail. Um, I was at Citizens Trust, and she ordered a Mezcal last word. And I love Mezcal and I love the last word. It just never occurred to me to switch out the gin for Mezcal. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite. He makes them for me at home now because they're okay, nice. awesome. Yeah. Can't go wrong with like any form or last word. You know? <laughs> Agreed. I actually had that uh, one customer ordered a Knob Creek rye, very specific 
last word. And huh. I was like, I just didn't think of like a brown spirit being in like a straight last word. Yeah. You know, I always mm-hmm. thought like I would have to change something up. And I like I made a little little sample one for me too. And I was like, my God, that is so great. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't so, even think of that either. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. Because that's what chartreuse. Luxardo. You wouldn't and lime. think that I mean the Luxardo would go perfectly with the rye, but the chartreuse seems like it would be weird. Yeah. I mean there's some like stirred cocktails mm-hmm. that I can that are coming to mind immediately with it, with like brown spirits, um, aged spirits, but like uh when it comes to like shaking cocktails, I didn't think of it. And like lime too. I don't think of like lime and bourbon a lot. You know, right. Like, or rye a lot. You yeah. Know? Um, so yeah, that was like kind of an eye opener. Hmm. That's another source well, of learning too, is like just from your customers. Kentucky Mule. Yeah. Kentucky Mule. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's got to be hard though. Like, um, so it's cool that you guys have like a very active mind and like, because you're always like in the places that are on we like, do. the forefront. And, and it also, I think, since we're visiting so many bars, both on the tours and for our R&D, we're, uh, it, it exposes us to more great ideas. Hmm. And, oh, we should have that on our home bar. Oh, we need to buy a bottle of that. Yeah. But then, you know, I'm kind of a creature of habit a little more than she is. and Not that I'm less adventurous, but more often than not, I'll get a simple cocktail that I know and know I love and know He's they more can... fussy than I am. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that too. <laughs> Man, I want to see like three drinks in you guys at home. It's just like probably like Leanne's out of the bottle while Blair is just stirring something up, pouring slight measures of things. <laughs> no, the cocktails are always good at home. I yeah, bet. he he makes all the cocktails. I cannot make cocktails. Not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> you better start doing it. <laughs> then you'll be making them. I'm terrible at it. So she says, so that yeah. I continue to make them. <laughs> oh, there's the game. That's what I do. And then realize no one's in my house. <laughs> no one's going to make me anything. Yeah, what's your bar like? Give us like a description. I, I know I've seen your bar, but that was also like a year ago now, I think, when interviewed Sarah in your house mm-hmm. and, and you've moved since so yeah, yeah. yeah give people a, yeah no one can see it but give them a visual of your bar a lot of whiskey yeah. um, like what percentage would you say uh, probably 98 <laughs> I would say two thirds of the bottles maybe three quarters of the bottles are whiskey okay but we love rye. we lots love gin lots of tickle Tabasco I still have, I came across that the other day. So we just moved. And so we still have a lot of stuff in boxes because the house is still under construction and uh, or under renovation. And I've found that Tabasco in a box. I still want to make a Bloody Mary with that. I think it would be wonderful. Yeah. We go well. Yeah. So there's, there's that. There's always gin. There's always tequila. I love tequila. Mezcal. And typically mezcal. Um, there might be random bottles of scotch or Irish whiskey as well. Love rum too. And rum. And then we'll always have Luxardo, Campari, Aperol, um, green chartreuse at least. Probably some like Domaine de Canton, mm. maybe some St. Germain. No. But 
like a little <laughs> bottle like of that once in a while. You know, like the bartender's ketchup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always several world. bottles of bitters. Yeah. Um, you guys carry any Amari? We do have we do have several Amari. Um, almost always Chinar. Almost always um, that Nonino. Nonino. Because we love paper planes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. a Montenegro. Sometimes a, maybe a Ramazzotti or something. But no, yeah. no, no, for <laughs> no. I I I like it well enough, but. I don't know how to use it so well. Yeah. Whereas the the dark Amari, I can easily make a either have a sip or make a black Manhattan and know what I'm going to get. Okay. Speaking of Fernet, though, we decided so the the cocktail classic is coming up on September 5th, and the fin- grand finale is a competition, the team competition, chef and bartender. Um, and then we're giving a, a humanitarian award away to service um, for their work during COVID-19. And so our thing is to bring the general public into the the cocktail world or the bartending world. And so at the very end, we're going to give everybody a shot of Fernet to cheers. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Get a lot of unhappy customers, I'm sure. Yeah. And a few happy bartenders. Yeah, <laughs> happy bartenders, yeah. Yeah, how about you dive deeper into the the whole convention? Because you had it um, you had it in 2019. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, and so then, that was the first one. And then, we... like, what happened? You guys scheduled it wrong in 2020? Or, like, there was, like, some something wrong with the mail, right? I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah something, something weird. Something, something weird happened, right? Yeah, like, 600,000 people. Street was blocked down yeah, for some reason. Uh, like, yeah. yeah, it was just yeah. hard to get out. It was yeah. just a bad year. Yeah, I forget what happened. It was a bad yeah. year. But yeah. anyway, so we're back. We're yeah. back, 2021. <laughs> so, yeah, describe uh, what... What's... So we will have vendors. Um, we will have uh, different bars and restaurants at tables giving away samples of their cocktails. We will have some people. Um, we have a friend who is bringing Vietnamese coffee to Columbus. And so he's going to do some uh, cocktails with his Vietnamese coffee. Uh, we've got somebody who's going to be doing um, <clears throat> syrups, uh and shrubs and stuff. She's going to be selling those. Uh, and Jesse then Hubbard Jesse, will be there yeah, he'll be selling his, his cocktail book. Uh, we'll also have some seminars. We have you're going to be doing the cocktail seminar. Wow. Oh wow! Look at that. Look <laughs> how that worked out. <laughs> um, that is going to be from um, what is it? Three thirty to four thirty cool. on Sunday, September fifth. Uh, and then we'll have a distillers forum. So um, Ryan Stryker with Whiskey with Ryan is going to moderate a panel of local distillers. Um, just a Q&A, just the public can come and ask whatever question they've ever wanted to ask of the distillers. And we'll talk about what they do at each of their locations. And then Gary White is going to do some sort of tincture and uh, shrubs, and, infusions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Teaching you how to Syrups. do it all at home. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So those are our three seminars. And then the grand finale is um, the chef bartender competition. So a bartender and a chef team up and the bartender makes a cocktail and the chef makes an amuse-bouche to pair with that. And there are a panel of judges. Um, the judges are Blair, 
uh, Barbara Reynolds at the bottle shop, Gary from Denmark, and um, Jim Canepa, the superintendent of liquor control so for the state of Ooh, Ohio. Okay. Um, and then during that competition, we are going to we the HR department is doing a video for us. We put together for all the terrible things that happened in 2020 and then all the wonderful things that people did. And then mm -hmm. we're going to honor um, service and all of the proceeds of the convention will go to service. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully we'll be able to make a donation. Yeah. So, so please Maybe. get your tickets because last time we made zero money. Um, so it was a very little like... contribution. <laughs> <laughs> we'd like to make a good contribution. Yeah, yeah, we'd like to. And it all goes to service this year. Yeah, and if yeah. for people who don't know, service is a relief organization for industry workers. So they give grants if people need help paying their utilities or the rent or anything. They also make meals. They made meals during COVID. 40,000 or something? 60,000. 60,000. I think that's right. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people did a lot of great things during COVID. Uh, 2020, um, you know, the distillers made hand, hand sanitizer and, you know, there were a lot of amazing things, but those guys just really rose above and just, it was in their heart to do such a wonderful thing. So we yeah. want to recognize that. Yeah. So everyone buy your tickets, do it it's for a good cause. You get to help out people and by drinking. drink. Yeah. So it's like amazing. You get to drink. And learn. And learn stuff all day long. Yeah. But you will be punished by my lecture. So I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's fine because there's other people that are great. And also, yeah. Vazo will be open, and uh, I think they're going to put together some sort of special menu for the convention. So, oh, beautiful! There you yeah. go, and you get to have awesome Vasa stuff. Yeah. So, there it is. Take exactly. a break. Go upstairs. Get more drinks. Yeah. Come back. Get more education. Yeah. And look at the taking the beautiful view. It's going to be amazing. There's no reason not to buy your ticket. Buy it now. <laughs> I'll find all of you. Um, so you've done the tour. You've done conventions. You've done competitions. Like uh, you're doing this podcast. You're also doing Women in Whiskey. Mm -hmm. Tell us about Women in Whiskey. So Women in Whiskey was a thing that I started doing a while ago. Um, and I did it at the Great Southern Whiskey Bar when they were open. And what I noticed was, you know, me being from... Uh, the Louisville, Kentucky area, you know, drinking whiskey is normal there for women. Uh, up north, it still feels a little taboo. And so I wanted to create a space where women could come and we could talk about whiskey and um, they could drink whiskey. And so it was really fun. The, one of the first ones that we did, we would ask the ladies why they came. And these two women were like, well, we're single. And we figured if we learn about whiskey, we'll be able to pick up guys because we'll know stuff about whiskey. And then there were older ladies like my age who were like, we've been drinking whiskey for years. We just wanted to come and learn about it, you know, and and just have a fun place to go to drink whiskey. So that sort of morphed or did morph into the podcast because I was sitting on my friend Megan Mitlow's porch drinking whiskey with her neighbor, who was a female, and they started talking about their day searching for um, whiskey and how these men kept coming up to them in the aisles saying, oh, you should stick to this. It's sweeter. You probably won't like that. Or, you know, this is what you want to look for. And then like going to the checkout and the guy being like, 
oh, are you sure you want this? And, you know, they were like, what the fuck? Like, we're, <laughs> we know just as much as they do, if not yeah. more. Yeah. And they were like, you I wish they would just stop mansplaining me. And I was yeah. like, that would be a great podcast. So yeah. that's how the podcast started. Mm-hmm. So the tastings have been going for a while, but the podcast just kind of, I just kind of combined the two. So. Yeah. That's awesome. And like an eye opener. Cause like, I think just like the un, um, there's not much accessible whiskey knowledge in Ohio, you know, mm-hmm. like we have like, like Kentucky, obviously it's everywhere. It's like mm-hmm. within your veins. Uh, so everyone, I'm just like fluent in the whiskey language, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, there's like the, yeah. like the stereotype of like women drink vodka, clear spirits, men drink whiskey mm-hmm. and like, they just do their thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, um, so it's funny that you like, like, it's awesome that you're bringing light onto like the women who are like, no, I don't, I break the standard, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, um, I don't know, what have, what have like the effects of that that you've seen so far? Well, I think that people appreciate that I'm highlighting the women and, and it's my favorite thing to do right now because the women that I've met, it, it's just been amazing. They're so, so my very first podcast was with Uncle Nearest and so Fawn Weaver founded Uncle Nearest and she's this amazing person. She's far too busy to be on my podcast, but the next best thing was Sherry Moore. And Sherry Moore, we had met a few years ago in New Orleans at the Bourbon Festival. And she's this amazing woman who ran Jack Daniels for 30 years. But nobody knew that because they didn't want people to know that because they were afraid that men wouldn't buy whiskey if they knew it was <laughs> made right. by a woman. woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then uh, Lisa Wicker and Nicole Austin and all these I've interviewed whiskey scientists and uh, they are engineers generally and they work their ass off to get the title of master distiller and most of them don't call themselves master distillers um, but they are they truly are and they mastered their craft why and, why why do they not call themselves that um, it's just like you guys don't want to be called mixologists. They uh, feel like it's okay. pretentious okay. and that somebody uh, should name them that rather than them calling, you know? Right, right. Okay. So it's a humble, humble thing, okay. you guys. All right. Um, but just like with with you bartenders, I call you guys mixologists if you are a mixologist. Um, and if they're a master, master distiller, I'll call them that, but they yeah. won't say that about themselves. Okay. That's an important thing, too. Like, uh, like you are mixologists. You're also a bartender, but you're a mixologist. So to me, there's a very clear distinction. Yeah. I try to tell like new hires, like mixology is like when we're not working. You know? <laughs> it's like on prep day, you know, but like when we're, you're a bartender first and foremost during mm-hmm. a shift because mm-hmm. you got to like that water should not be empty and that water should be full all the time. I love that. That, that, be, you know? that so, makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's about bartending. So mm-hmm. like mixology is like off off the clock, <laughs> bartending's on the clock. <laughs> but not not everybody is a uh, mixologist. It's like not all whiskeys are bourbon. Yeah, <laughs> and not all <laughs> and not, not all, all cooks are chefs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, very true. Um, yeah, but um, also I wanted to say you know we created the Bourbon Run trivia board game. And I'm redoing all of my trivia questions because back when I created them, I didn't know as much as I know today. And I left out a lot of history about women. So I'm redoing all of my trivia cards to include that. So don't buy one right now. But as soon as (laughs) the trivia cards come out, 
buy it. Throw away your old ones. <laughs> buy all the new ones. Buy two of the new ones. <laughs> Expansion pack. Yeah. <laughs> What's your guys' take on women in the cocktail world? Um, I well, thankfully, they there are more women bartenders. Hell, in some places, they could in the eighties they couldn't be bartenders, mm. which is insane to think about that. Um, there are so many amazing female bartenders, um, and we're very happy that they're getting their recognition that they yeah. deserve. Yeah, lots our, of out there. Our sure. aim is to we want bartenders to be famous like chefs are famous. Hell yeah. Let's make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, like seriously, like they were back in the 1800s. Yeah. You know, and um, I'm more thinking about like my aviary book when I look at that kind of thing. Like it's just like mm -hmm. mind bending what they have available in that book. Like mm -hmm. the pictures blow me away and I'm like dying to get there one day and have a cocktail. But like, yeah, like that kind of stuff should be a lot of, you know, like you should be able to get Michelin star for that kind of thing. Even yeah, though exactly. it's just a liquid thing, you know, but exactly. 100%. Just so much work and effort has gone into that. Yep. It's just crazy. Yep. We agree. Yeah. I'm going to get a refill in Armagnac here. Yeah. All right. So they didn't bring a drink to make. So <laughs> <laughs> they ask everyone else to. We're not but bartenders. We're so lazy. They, bought, they brought drinks to pour. Let's uh, let's go over what you're, you're pouring and why you chose these guys. So this is Armagnac, which I don't know anything about. I just know it's a brandy. Um, and it's quite delicious. This one we picked up when we were in the Berkshires uh, a couple months ago. But it's like, I don't know, what it, Blair knows more about that than I do, I think. Well, Armagnac is a cousin to Cognac, right? It's uh, from a different region, but it's all still brandy. It is delicious. It is delicious. And then we also have the Hill Rock there. <clears throat> Which um, beautiful bottle that's from Ankrum, New York. Yeah, the bottle is designed to look like the Chanel perfume bottle. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I've been seeing that a lot. Um, um, what was it? De Leon Tequila also was like modeled after a, mm. a perfume bottle or mm. a cologne bottle or something like that. Um, and for everyone who can't see it, it has like Medusa head with snakes coming out of it, it's crazy looking. No, it's just a square bottle, but it's right. It's really beautiful. Um, stories, stories are a big part of your mm, podcast as well. That's true. Um, so I don't have any. <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> I know you guys have many stories. Gosh. Um, <clears throat> and then I want, I want one from each of you, and it can be like on the tour. It can be just throughout your life that's related to like the bar industry. And then I want like a Blair and Leanne story, like a like a like a duo. Adventure story or okay. something like that, or a crazy story, whatever. Uh, well, first, can we? I, I know you're the host here, but um, can we talk about the uh, fan favorite cocktail book? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. I'll allow it. I'll allow it on this podcast. <laughs> I'll holster my finger pistol. <laughs> yes. So, um, for those who don't know, at the end of every cocktail tour, we ask what our guest fan favorite was and so Blair always takes a nice photo and then we post the recipe and the picture and so last year we made we combined compiled all those and made a cocktail book called Club's Craft Cocktail Tour Fan Favorites a Cocktail Memoir Volume 1 and so we paid to have that published and we could only do two runs because it's quite expensive 
And then we gave 100% of the proceeds to all the bartenders, which didn't end up being very much money. It was just $100 per bartender because we had like 34, 35. Mm -hmm. So um, there were some bartenders who were in a good position who said, yeah, keep it, put it back in the pot. Um, uh, Seth Loffman did that. Chad Kessler did that because he had a cocktail from the competition. I think there were uh, Logan Demi did that. Um, but so we did a limited run. So you can no longer get volume one until volume two comes out. And then when volume two comes out, you can only get volume one if you buy them in a set. So that way okay. we can give more money to the bartenders. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful thing they did for everyone, myself included. They cut me a little check and I was greatly appreciated that you guys went through that efforts. You know, like that's like one of like many examples of like how you guys show pure love for like the bartending community. It's like insane. I'm like baffled by it sometimes, you know, I'm just like, well, you guys like, I mean, last, last year we weren't directly affected by the shutdown because we we're kind of shut-ins as it is and enjoy just kind of chilling at home. And we both were working at home and thriving and doing just fine. But we knew that there were a lot of people who couldn't go to work because their bars were shut down. And we just started thinking of any old which way that we could try to help out to yeah. keep you guys afloat while we were, you know, doing fine. And yeah. we and we didn't come anywhere near keeping anybody afloat, no, but we did but what we could. So we um, to help at least we did videos and pro tips, and then we asked people to um, to send tips to the bartenders and if they made the cocktail to send a picture with, and, mm -hmm. um, so it was funny at the end of the year when I was doing the taxes, I'm like, what are all these $10 donations? It was like Venmo, $10, $10, 10. I'm like, oh yeah, that's when we were giving <laughs> tips to everybody. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That too. Like, yeah, you guys did that and like did the Venmo thing and you cut me a little piece of that too, which is beautiful. You know, like you guys is, um, determination and uh, loyalty to the bartender community is just outstanding. You know, like you guys are so much of like, I think a backbone of this place that Columbus definitely would be a very different scene without you guys. Well, we appreciate that. That's yeah. very sweet of you to say. Thank and you. we love you guys. So that's why we support you. The best. <laughs> Can you guys adopt me? <laughs> or something? Uh, no. But bar story. So I think we already checked off the, the dual together one. because yeah. we met. That's how in we bar. met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that's that wasn't during this segment. So. Oh, so Shit. we have to come out. Like PJ rules. Right. Finger guns out. <laughs> okay. PJ rules. All right, all you gotta right. come up with new ones. So on our cocktail tour, um, at some point, the venues started watching in, uh, Instagram. And they were trying to outdo each other. So um, we had, it was a, a tour with just two people. And we were um, downtown. We were downtown. And the first venue, they had a full cocktail. And it was like a high proof cocktail. Like I think it was a Manhattan or something like that. And so then the second venue saw that and they were like, oh, I have some whiskey or something. We want you to try it. So long story short. Everybody tried to outdo each other, and our guests were super drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so much so, they had they drove to the tour, which we tell everyone not to do that. Mm -hmm. They did. We had to um, insist 
that they not drive. We had to put them in it, pour them into an Uber um, and get them home because they were, wow. they were really Oh, my drunk. God. That's really. amazing. So then we started telling our venues, okay, don't – like we don't – we want people to remember the tour when it's over. So don't like don't, don't <laughs> give outdo more than each one other. cocktail unless it's a half, you know, so. <laughs> Two halves is fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, it was a lot. Oh, so what's your story? I don't know. All right, so I'll tell you a joint story then. Okay, cool. So I, I think I'm not good with our joint story <laughs> I'm not either. would be, so this was very recent. You can tell this story. It's about the people who live next door to us. Yeah, so we're doing a tour just a couple of weeks ago. And getting to know the various couples, there are three, four couples on the tour. And the uh, the one couple, you know, we were talking about the fact that we just moved from downtown and they're like, oh, where did you move to? And we told them where we moved to. And they're like, oh, you know, we moved to Reynoldsburg area, but it's just over the Licking County line. But it's still Reynoldsburg. And they're like, really, where? And we're like, well, we're on this street. And they're like, you're kidding me. <laughs> no, well, why? And they're like, well, we lived right next door for a number of years. Oh, so wow. they were un like until she bought the place mm -hmm. they lived next door. Yeah, huh. so I bought I've owned wow. the house for many years. I just never lived there. And so yeah, they built the house right next door to where we live now. <laughs> I mean, what are the odds? What are the odds? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I thought it was going to be another birthday story. And they're like, that's our house. And they're like, we've been living together kind of this whole time. It's kind of like that. Yeah. That's nuts. That's how, that's funny how small this world can be sometimes. You really like mm -hmm. think uh, you're in your own little bubble, but no. Everyone's, yeah. Like everyone's it's all connected. There. Yeah. Yeah. It's all connected. That's yeah. really cool. I, um, another fun bar story. I was, I used to go to Hyde Park a lot and have dinner there. And I love sitting at the bar there, especially during um, conventions and stuff. Cause you just never know who you're going to meet. I met so many people from all over the country. And um, one day I was there during the Arnold and this man walks in and sits down next to me. And he was telling me that he had checked into his hotel, the Hyatt. And uh, he was like, when he was walking up the sidewalk, he was like, I saw these really fit people. And I was like, what the hell are they eating in Columbus, Ohio? Everybody is so fit. And the concierge told him that it was the Arnold Classic. Yeah. And I was like, oh. the, the Ohio culture is funny. I was coming back to Ohio. I think this is when I went to Montreal for something. And this woman was on the plane and she was sitting next to me. And she's from uh, Arizona, Phoenix. And she was like, yeah, I heard of, like this thing, like, like I heard you could just like walk down the street and say OH and people respond IO back. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. You could probably do it on this plane right now. And like six people respond. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's a- Did that's she do it? I, no, she didn't. <laughs> I should have done it for her. I didn't even think about it at the time, but that's, yeah, we got a strange culture. Yeah. Really buff people and people <laughs> scream back at you. These old calls. So. We love Columbus. Neither of us are from here. Uh, we both lived here for over 20 years and we just love, love, love the people here. Hmm. Like we would, we'll probably go somewhere warm during the winter at some point, but we would never leave Columbus. Yeah. The people are just wonderful here. Yeah. So another thing that happened, and this really isn't an interesting story, but just to give the listeners a uh, little hint of what's to come. 2019. So since we have the first, our, the same birthday and it's around Halloween, we always have a 
a huge cocktail tour. And um, we always have it around, we base it around a highball. So we all dress up and stuff. So in 2019, I hired a horse and carriage to dr- ride, drive us around for a cocktail tour. And, but the weather was so bad, it was really windy and rainy. And so they had to cancel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are going to do that this year in October. We are going to have a hayride through the city yes. of Columbus. Yes, that's amazing. And it will be a Roaring Twenties themed costume party. Yeah. Oh, cool. Very cool. Can I drive the the buggy? No, it's a it's a lady who does a lady and her okay. husband who does. I can think they're I, from Zanesville or something. Can I just sit on one of the horses? Or something? I don't think they let that let oh. you do that. They have like blinders on. Can I just stuff. run next to the buggy? Maybe. <laughs> you can be on yeah. the wagon if you want. Okay, that sounds great. <laughs> Take um, the ride. So it looks like uh, we're getting short on time. Um, I have to feed them now that since they're my hostages so i have to be somewhat ethical and we got to record this hostage video to send to to send to biden um thank you guys so much for your time thank you for doing Um, this pj we love you we appreciate it i'm super honored you know i'm super honored to do this i like brought it up i didn't think you would ask me to do it so i'm like super Well, you're the only person that brought it up and you were like (laughs) you're like if you want to hear from leanna blair let us know send us a message not one person sent us what not one person how nobody gives a shit i give a shit and i'm gonna make everyone give a shit that's why i kidnapped you (laughs) and i'm gonna kidnap everyone else and make them listen to this podcast awesome play it in natalie's and everything but yeah two people who do a lot for the city contribute a lot financially emotionally and with all the knowledge that they can give to everyone who are curious about cocktails Claire and Leanne, they're amazing. Give them applause. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Continue to support them. Buy your tickets for the convention. Buy the book. Um, Go on a tour. Go on a tour. Get the game. Listen to Women Whiskey. Buy their merch. What's your website? ColumbusCraftCocktailTour.com. Yeah. And the the convention is TheColumbusCocktailClassic.com. Okay. And then your uh, phone number and social security. (laughs) (laughs) A big thank you to PJ Ford for being our host. Kidnapper. <laughs> and you can find him on Instagram at Ford Cocktails. And PJ is also a talented photographer. So if you need some pictures took, uh, Joss Ford Photography. And I have a website, uh, jossford.com. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers, Thanks, PJ. Guys. Cheers. Ching, ching, ching. Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Seabus Craft Cocktail Tour. Visit our website at ColumbusCraftCocktailTour.com for cocktail tour dates, women and whiskey tastings, special events, merchandise. And if you're looking for a gift for that special person in your life, get them a gift card to our cocktail tour. Thank you to our producer, Greg Hansberry, and to the biographer for our original music. And please remember to drink responsibly and be cocktail curious. Cheers. Cheers.